You're listening to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes Podcast. I am your host for today, Evan. But the good news is, although our usual female host isn't here, we still have the female represented on the podcast. Shout out to Akisha. Uh, welcome to another episode and welcome for joining us, our special guest host. Uh, Thank you. We start off our grateful moments. And since we have a special guest with us, ladies first, we're going to go straight with Akisha. What is your grateful moment? Oh, my God. My grateful moment is that my husband said, you know what, babe? These kids are driving us crazy. So is work. Let's get out of here. And I said, you know what, honey? You a good thinker. That's my grateful moment. We got a day, a night out, day away from the kids and just enjoying each other's company, eating without anybody interrupting us or having to share. I'm so grateful. Amen. Let the listeners say amen. (laughs) Uh, Phil, what's your grateful moment? Hey, I'm grateful for my family. Um, Despite I I struck out on getting those um, powder um, blue Jordan ones, I did pick up another pair. So I didn't want to break the Sabbath. So I tried my stores in my secret hiding place and I ain't paying um, aftermarket for it. But I still got a pair of J1s. I was trying to get for my oldest daughter, the powder blue ones. But, you know, we'll see. Maybe restock day. But I'm grateful that I got I got my Jordans. <laughs> Our typical jock isn't here today. So we'll roll over to Alan, who's stepping in his place. Go ahead, Alan. I am grateful for family. Um spent some time with my parents yesterday um just you know just chalking it up family time quality time sometimes even like even if you're in the same city you still have to be um conscious of when your parents get a little bit older in age you try not to be around them as much especially with COVID going on so um I'm just glad that I got to spend some time with them that's dope. That's always good to hang out with with the Saints, uh, with the with the parents. I was called the Saints uh, with the parents. Um, I am grateful that I've been talking to people this week. You know what I realized? I don't have to monitor my president every day anymore. I'm grateful for that. I don't have to think like what what reckless thing did he say today? What war did he almost put us in today? And I'm grateful that our new president got us um, uh, a stimulus bill. I'm waiting for my stimmy check. Uh, to come help come through with the one-two. So I'm thankful for that. So many of us, you know, we know what time it is in the year. Typically, it's on Valentine's Day, but we've watched as the season progresses. We made it now to the midpoint of the season, getting ready for the All-Star game. Shout out to uh, Adam Silver for not caring about the Sixers, praying for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as they are in health and safety protocols. Uh, I'm upset about the All-Star game, but anyway, um, Thus far, we've been able to see where we've moved into the season. And the question is, uh, where are our awards for the midseason? So I'm going to throw this out to anyone, you know, take it how you feel. Uh, Who is your midseason MVP? My midseason MVP is the whole Brooklyn team, especially I'll give it to James Harden. I'll give it to Kyrie. I'll give it to KD for the simple fact that they everyone thought this was going to be a collision. We spoke about this collision, that they're going to disintegrate. And they literally rose, won seven games in a row 
and right behind. And I'm going to give James Harden because KD have not played that much. So I'll give James Harden the nod because he played every game since he put the fat suit on, went to the strip club, did whatever he needs to do to get out of Houston and show that he's your ballers ready to ball. So K, so James Harden, right now you're my midseason MVP. Boo to MB. Notice how we said MVP, not most valuable team, but Phil, we'll let you have that. <laughs> he always wants to make it a group effort. Bless his heart. So I look at MVPs as if you take this person off the team, will they win? Um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Embiid. I'm not biased because I'm from Philly, but I kind of am. I feel like he's been having a breakout year and really playing like the guy that we knew he could be. So I'm super proud of him. So I think, yeah, that's my that's my take. That's my MVP. So I was going to be uh, biased until Phil started talking because I was going to say James Harden um, myself. But you know what? I'm about to go on a further limb. I'm about to make this spicy. Co-MVP, Embiid, James Harden. Now it sounds nope. crazy. It <laughs> yep. sounds crazy. It sounds it sounds crazy, Definitely right? Sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds crazy. But if you think about it, like Phil stated, ever since that he's come to Brooklyn, he's played in every single game. Um, Kyrie, Katie, and uh, Katie haven't really played that many games together, and most of the times it's James Harden that's always on the floor, uh, running the point, instructing everybody what to do. Um, Embiid, of course, they're number one in the East, but he's been dominant consistently throughout the year. Now, I think it can come down to those two teams when it comes down to the Eastern Conference and the playoffs. Um, But, I mean, not Embiid, but James Harden's put up 25, 11, and 8 since he's come to Brooklyn. So I really believe, like, if Katie hasn't been playing the way he's been playing, if Kyrie is, you don't know what he's going to do. If James Harden's not on that team, they're probably a sinking ship right now. So it's interesting you say that. Um, I, I don't want to change the conversation in Brooklyn, but I, I don't think they're shink, sinking ship if Harden doesn't go there. I think that they, uh, well, with, if, if, well, to be fair, if KD is still not playing, then yes, this is a sinking ship. This is not a Ky- Kyrie can't carry this team. But yeah, that's 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 what I mean. Like if if, <laughs> if KD is not playing and it's just Kyrie, I mean, there's some games that he may win, but it's not gonna be like how it's been. It'd be like the Sage told me. Uh <laughs> but my my midseason MVP is a Joel Embiid. I mean, I think right now Embiid is arguably playing the best basketball in the NBA. Um, and I think that I, I think Harden deserves his, his flowers, but I think Harden's start to the season, uh, he, he's more in line for most improved player <laughs> than he is uh, for MVP based on how he started the season with fat suit and all. Uh, but I think that um, Embiid has been dominant. I mean, if you look at what he's doing from an efficiency standpoint, because the thing with Harden, you take consideration, he has to manage things when Katie's playing Katie and Kyrie and bead is the big ticket. He has to come through every single night. He can't have an off game. Um, and so from an efficiency standpoint, he has the highest PR since Wilt Chamberlain right now. Uh, 
uh, statistically, he'll be the first center since Moses Malone to average 30 points a game in a season right now. I mean, that's, that's even more than what Shaq was doing. And then uh, he's just playing on another planet. I mean, we saw what he did to the Jazz this week. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think it's Embiid and Embiid alone right now, uh, unless he has an injury as uh, one of our hosts had her witch dream about. Uh, he's stopped seems to stop eating that that food and start 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 predicting more but um we'll, we'll let it slide we'll let it slide but i'm glad i'm glad that the sixers have the james harden stopper in one ben simmons let's shift that conversation who is your defensive player of the year ben simmons i mean it's ben simmons because he's pretty much going to be no able way. to He's basically going to be able to guard multiple positions, one through four, one through five, and he has the length. Like, I mean, if you think about it, when most people talk about Rudy Gobert, what does he have? Length. Granted, he's not guarding one through five, but he has two left feet to me. But um, when you think about Ben Simmons, for one, most of his matchups, he should be able to dominate, especially being at the point guard position. And then when you think about those that he defend, he's – if he's not just as stronger than them, he's quicker than them from a defensive standpoint. So he's able to move his feet. Um, so to me, it's just he's he's the front runner for it. The only people Ben Simmons can't guard are people who dated Kylie Jenner. They just be they, they be coming for him. Jordan Clarkson comes for him every time. Devin Booker takes it personal. I'm like, bro, man, like, you got to get this girl out your head. Oh my god, Ugh. but Ben Simmons, I think so because. Um, He's a workhorse. Everybody knows that. And like you said, Alan, one through four, he's there. He doesn't, you know, five, whatever. But if you're guarding a perimeter and you can, you know, guard inside, yeah, I need you. Most people can only do one, two, four, three, four, or just five. But Ben Simmons with one through four, that's my pick. And he's Philly, so no bias or anything. He is right underneath your nose, and y'all didn't see it. <laughs> it's MB, of course. MB is the defensive player of the year. He's blocking shots. He's actually odds to win. Um, is uh to win just uh to have Anthony Davis above him and a few others. But mm-hmm. MB, he nobody comes in the middle when he's there, right? As long as he does flare up and take the three pointer, he's blocking shots. He's rebounding and he's defending and scoring and he's playing both ends of the court. And literally, he's shooting the ball unlike Ben. So I have to give it to MB, and that's the only time I would say Philly. Embiid is Phil, a, it's a defense. It's called defensive player of the year. What does shooting the ball have to do with anything about nothing, <laughs> doing nothing. the D? I like a two. I like a two and D person. A person could play both ends of the court. Two and D. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. It's, it's not, called three and D. Phil is spraying like bullets wildly right now. Like children, hide yourselves. <laughs> hide yourselves. You don't know who's getting hit next. Making up stuff. <laughs> Phil, we can't hear you. Ben is a two and D. He can't do. He only could do two things, and that's it. He can't shoot deep. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think it's it's Ben Simmons. I mean, if you look at what he's been able to do when he gets on the on the court, to I mean, you're talking about premier guys. Like I said, with the exception of those who did it, Kylie Jenner, he be he be locking dudes down. I mean, I was I was impressed with what he was able to do with James Harden. Uh, it's interesting to me what. With Doc, how Doc Rivers is using him too. He 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 knows he is a a a, def, a demon on defense. So he just says first half focus on offense, second half lock it down. So it's been impressive what he did to uh, Harden and 
and he put Luca. Uh, he let Luca know that we shall overcome. Okay. <laughs> hey, when whenever Doc shows up defensively, he's gonna release. He's gonna take off the shackles off of your ankles, and and tell you to go get him. He's gonna send the dogs every time. Yeah. Yeah. So what's crazy is Sixers really have three players who can, over the course of their career, win Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, to Phil's point, Embiid can be a Defensive Player of the Year one one year. Uh, but Matisse Seibel, when he when he finally puts that thing together, he's going to be a monster. He's going to be a monster. Um, so for most improved player, I'm sure Phil already has his his New York answer locked and loaded. Let's go, Julius Randle. Julius. Randall, apologize for the interruption. The New York Knicks have an all-star, a guy who's averaging 20, a double-double, right? And carrying the team to the currently, this day, the fifth seed. Who have done that? You have to, no other player have done that. So it's Julius Randall right off the bat. Voted by his peers. And actually, the coaches advocated by his peers. Julius Randle was not a substitute. He came right in, and New York is relevant because of him and Thibodeau and Emmanuel Quickly, who got snubbed in the um, rookie challenge. And so we know Julius Randle, you can't hold New York down. So I think that's an interesting take. I, I, I think, you know, I mean, I think a lot of people would agree. I don't think it's a, it's a crazy take at all. But the only thing I would critique about your statement is, they are like one game over 500 in fifth place. That speaks more to how bad the East is right now and how bad um, um, Miami started off than it does to him, the, the Knicks really being a fifth seed. So shout out to New York. Thank you for, you know, finally finding some form of relevance. But uh, good, good take, good take, Phil. Seven and three in the last 10 games. Thank you, New York Knicks. Oh, I'm going to have to. All right, Phil, I'm going to agree with you this week, okay? <laughs> I agree. He's been having um I guess we get to see him a little more. He I would say he's always been talented, but being in a leadership position kind of brings out a little more motivation in people. And I think that's what we're seeing in him. So Phil, we're friends on that, okay? <laughs> All right, I'm I'm about to take y'all for a loop. The most improved award is an individual award. So it's never about where your team is. Julius Randle is not most improved. He's yes, not he the is. most improved. Yes, he He's is. not because he already averaged over 20 points a game. You can't, you can't already average 21, 19, and then 23, and then all of a sudden that you're, oh, you're the most improved player. No, you've already been putting up numbers. It just means that where you are, the culture has changed. That's why he's not the most improved player. My most improved player, like I said, this is an individual award. It's not a team award. That would actually go to Jeremy Grant. Granted, Detroit's not yeah. – look, Detroit's – Detroit no. is a hot mess. Detroit is like – It's an not, individual – he set up his argument as an individual award. Michael Carter-Williams winning the – Michael Carter-Williams It's an individual award. It's an individual award. It's an individual award. It is. Yes. It's yeah, an individual award. And guess what? Last year, he was averaging 12 points a game. Because he didn't get right. no playing time. He just came in. He was exactly. Not and guess what? And guess he what? He got, he got paid. He got paid. The same. He's averaging. He's the same. They're offering the same contract. 
he got picked because he didn't want to be a second fiddle. He won't. He didn't want to be the third, fourth fiddle. He was going to be the fourth option, if that. You got to think about it. When he was with Denver, you're talking about Nicolo. You're talking about Jamal Murray. Then you're talking about Michael Porter Jr. Then who's after that? You never know because that happens from night to night. So he left, got paid, and guess what? Instead of averaging 12 points a game, he's averaging 23 points a game. Granted, if you actually paid attention to the Pistons, a lot of their players haven't really been playing that much this year due to not just health and safety protocols, but people being injured, right? So there's other things that you have to take into account. So on top of that, it's an individual award. Granted, think about it. Last year, the Hornets weren't in the playoffs, but guess what? Devontae Graham should have been in the conversation. He should have been in the conversation, but they weren't in the playoffs. But guess what? He put in the work and it showed. Simple as that. It shows. So this is what I apologize for cutting off. This is the Michael Carter-Williams effect. What happened, Michael Carter-Williams? He had a free reign at to play to any style, to shoot, to do whatever he wanted because he was on a trash team, the 70, uh, 76ers, during the process era. That's what Jeremy Grant's doing. Jeremy Grant was a Nick. All right? No, everybody, if you, have the, if you have free reign to shoot, you look better than you are. You cannot be emotions proof individual play. There's a bunch of other players whose improved shots have gone up, right? Over the years, over the, this season, Mur uh, uh, Murray, I have several of them, but the team is, but the team cannot be trash. How could you be most improved individual and your team is trash? It makes no sense. It, individual awards, it's not counted as individual award. It's counted as individually just helping out the team. Once again, Phil, I was once again, Phil. Phil, I know, I know we are a, a, a collective people. We are people who look at the whole picture, right? We look at the whole group. This is an individual award. MVP is about your team. MVP is about your team. Right. Most approved player is about you getting better. And and how you're and how you've taken leaps and strides, which helps your team. It does. I agree. Okay, it is an individual award, but it's like in order for us to notice these individuals, they have to be blowing the dust off of their team so we even pay attention to their team. You're putting up numbers, but if your team, team is losing, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. But as soon as your team is doing better, oh, well, who's responsible for that? The most improved, most improved person. So I think, uh, kind of a quagmire. I don't know. So It can be, uh, yeah. Whatever. I'm going to give my most improved <laughs> player, and I'm going to say this first to start the process. Trust the process. Jeremy Grant was a sixer drafted by Sam Hinkie. If they had more patience, maybe he would have turned into something with them. But also my, my most group player is actually Christian Wood for Houston. He, he, he doubled his points per game. Uh, he, he's averaging a double, double uh, Christian Wood is a certified baller, another process player. Uh, and so um I would go with uh, Christian Wood, uh, the work he's been putting in. If he was Look, playing, I, was... I would agree. I would agree. He's, he has not been playing the games. He's been injured. So when he was in the lineup, they were winning. I agree, but he has not played enough games for me for me to, to give that award to him. I, I, I need to retract. Um, Jeremy Grant, we, I know we had a Grant. It wasn't Jeremy Grant on the Knicks. Apologize. But his brother. Like, his brother, right. So like I said, I will agree with you only if Christian Wood had played a significant amount of games and Houston would have been in a better position. And actually, and, and that's the reason why I didn't pick him, picked him. He only played 17 games so far this year. 
but just because James Harden left doesn't necessarily mean that the the Rockets would have pushed that needle with him playing. I mean, right now it's looking like a dumpster fire over there. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying individually he is playing great, but he's not the person that's just going to automatically move the needle. That's what that's what goes into like my my previous statement about an individual award, and that's why I have Jeremy Grant. You said move the needle. What do you mean move the needle? We'll say that for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> because all you you're saying seems to say no. Julius Randle is is the most approved because he moves the needle. His everything has gone up. He his shot, his even three point percentage is up. I think it's around 40, 42%. Everything is gone. He was up. already putting he, up numbers. No, if he, he was wasn't, putting, no, he was already putting up numbers. Look at his stats. He was already putting up numbers. Not these numbers. The problem was the culture. The fact that you have established a new culture in New York, they have been winning games. That is that is an organizational situation, along with the players following from the top down. That's not just individuals. And to be fair, the Knicks really took off once they added Derrick Rose to their bench. No, the Knicks was taking off prior to. They were doing good, but they took off. They took off after the trade. No, the trade, actually, the Knicks, prior to the trade, the Knicks had won like seven out of three before, and they would lose a couple, then win three. And so it was like the trade has helped. The help stabilized, but um, Julius numbers, because he, I think he's the top five in, in the most minutes and played every game. So he, the Knicks, would, he, and if, I know he's saying rock it off. No, he kind of stable because games that we should have won, we end up losing. Games we didn't plan to win, like we beat up on the Bucks, destroy the Bucks, we won. So I understand what you're saying, but Randall has sustained and consistently put number, and what's been helping him is really is R.J. Barrett has learned and has gotten his foot in, and the substitution is now more, more settled, so we he's getting a better rotation. Thibodeau, this is Thibodeau's first year, so okay, that's what I, I see. Okay, like well, I said, we're, pr- we're praying for um Julius Randle's ACLs and his tendons and his legs because we know that Thibodeau is running him into the ground. Uh, uh, on to our rookie of the year thus far. I'm gonna give it to Allen. I know Allen has a special for us. Too bad Dion's not here, so I can go ahead and throw Charlotte out here, but I mean, there's really no discussion. We all know who it is. It's LaMelo Ball. Like, let's be honest. He's leading all rookies in every statistical category going into the all-star break. Whenever you see him on the floor, you see the box office swagger that he carries. You, you feel the energy on the floor is going to be exciting. And if I recall, he's the first player probably since Oscar and I can't remember the other player. Um, to average 17, five and five as a rookie. So, I mean, there's nothing to really discuss here. I have to agree. <laughs> I have to agree. Um, it's the metal ball with his, I think a million follow, 10 million followers has, has, has lived up to expectation and we have to give credit to his father, um, LeVar ball for what he has done. He has taken advantage where his system wouldn't take advantage of his kids, he took advantage of the system, prep his son overseas, and he is that check he stated, not playing Michael Jordan, but that his last son will be the best player out of the three um, siblings. 
is true. He is the real deal. So I have to give that um, mellow ball. You are the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think we're, so far we're in agreement. LaMelo ball. I mean, it's just that, I guess that ball effect, <laughs> big ball of brand, everything, whatever his dad started, this youngest one is picking it up and he's playing. It looks like he's still having fun. You know what I mean? He's playing with that youth and he's not, I don't think blinded by the system or the business of basketball. He's having fun and he's getting his money. So I want to see more out of him. I can't wait. How and old I think, is he? he? I think he's 19. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think he's 20 yet. Mm. But I think Phil actually made a good point in the sense of Phil and Nikisha, but about about the big baller brand working out. But I think a big thing is, um, it's kind of like when when um, what's your boy Luca came over here. He he is a rookie in the NBA, but he's a, he's been a professional for a few years, and so I think Lamelo being a professional overseas and playing and all that stuff is good. Shara for Jello, who's not going to, uh, you know, look like he's the, the worst of all the balls, but, you know, LaMelo uh, playing overseas, getting that experience and that exposure really, um, I think, helped him prepare for this next step in his NBA journey. Someone said that he's what everyone thought Lonzo was going to be. Um, so shout out to LaMelo Ball, uh, and I agree. Uh, so coach of the year, and then we have one more after this. I'm going to say first, I have to shout out Michael Jordan for actually not picking a North Carolina player. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you good pick. So coach of the year has to be the jazz coach. I don't remember his name. For me, it should be Thibodeau, but in reality, it has to be the jazz coach. Anybody knows his name? <laughs> like, Quinn Snyder. Quinn Snyder. Like yeah, Quinn Snyder. Like LeBron says, nobody picked Utah. That's messed up LeBron. <laughs> um, he have taken a team that lost in the first round in the bubble and have brought them to number one in the Western uh, Western Conference. Do I think they could win the NBA champion? No. Um, like I said last episode, it reminds me of the Bucks who had the best record for the past two seasons. And the loss in the first round, I think they need to take that. They took a bump. They need a couple more bumps. But as of now, he has done a great job. Um, I don't know how he repaired Gobert. Gobert. And um, Mitchell um, Robinson's relationship. But something had to happen to get them back on the same page and surrounded with great shooters. So um, utilize this, you know, I think uh, the fake versions of the Golden State Warriors, shooter three, shooter three, shooter three. We have to talk about that. But they're making them, and and they're doing a good job thus far. So congratulations. Now, we've been throwing around some names like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I think Doc Rivers is the reason behind that. He is our coach of the year. He found a way. I mean, with, with all of the experience that he has, he brought it to a struggling team with defeated players and turned them into something magical. So, I mean, we have to give him credit for that. Doc Rivers is my pick. And I love his voice. <laughs> so old school. No, you got to talk like this. Together. <laughs> together. You got to. All the greats do. <laughs> so, see, Phil just wants to go by who has the best record in the league. But you know what? I'm ashamed of you, Phil. I'm ashamed of you. Because right now. I concur. My my coach Why? of the year is Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. 
<laughs> I'm ashamed of you, bro. The best team in the bubble. Eight yes. and no. And had the best they was, coach. They was they they was outside of the playoffs and they couldn't get in. Like, come on, man. Like they were 39 or 34 and 39 last year. And now guess what? They're the second team in the Western Conference. And don't yeah. say, oh, Chris, Chris Paul. Yeah, that's yeah, they're second in standings in the Western Conference. Don't just say, oh, just Chris Paul. Yes, Chris Paul plays in effect, but guess what? That team didn't change too much. All they did was just add a floor general. And guess what? From outside, from outside the playoffs looking in, they're number two. And guess what? We never know what's gonna happen in the second half of the season. They might just hit hit their stride and and take off and we just won't see it coming. And so you, Monty Williams is my coach of the year so far. Well, you uh, and viewers, if you listen to a past episode during the summer, like the first 30 episodes, I was raving about Monty Williams. And I was the one, the first to say he's the best coach. The first to say this team is on a rise. And then Allen just told himself, yes, they added Chris Paul. That's the point. They added Chris Paul. I would have gave them the award, but the issue is that they're not number one. Nobody remembers number two. Not number one. If you had, they were number one, because I did not think that Utah would have rose to number one. I knew Phoenix would be in the top three, top four. Number one, I have to give it to that. So that's my explanation. So, number, like I said, Chris Paul is the reason why they have sustained and not fizzle off, which gives him the right to be picked to be on the all-star team. Chris Paul, because they didn't have him last year. They have him this year. So that's the Chris Paul effect. Chris Paul haven't missed the playoff I know of in his career. I don't think it was even his rookie year. Chris Paul comes to the team, you're going to the playoff. So Chris Paul is the reason. Monty Williams coaching, which makes him a very good contender. But not the what, what I would say against that is mm -hmm. Utah is always in the playoffs every year. They're there every year. Guess what? They they were what? Playing like what? The, the three six seed, I believe, like last year. They're always in it. Like ever since Donovan Mitchell has been on that team, they have been in the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns have not been in the playoffs for about 10, 10 plus years. So if you're telling me that the coach isn't going to have an impact, yes, he has a floor general. Yes, uh, Chris Paul and Monty Williams has reconnected from back from the New Orleans days, but those two combined makes the team better. On top of that, with your GM who is James Jones. So in order for your team to get better, you have to have a coach, right? The coach has to be able to motivate the players to get where they need to. Chris Paul is an extension of Monty Williams. Coach on the floor, coach on the sidelines. They work coincide with each other. That's why. Yeah, the second best team, not number one. So I'll give it to number one. <laughs> so what I would say is, I mean, Phil has a good point. Uh, it's not always about the turnaround, you know, turning the team around. But I will say I do think that Utah Jazz are full of gold. I think they're regular season looking good. But, you know, when I look at what happened this week when the Sixers beat uh, the Jazz, that was like a psychological. That was like more than just a victory. That was like a psychological breakdown. On the jazz part, I mean, they are—they—they they just went off. The refs hate us, da, 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 da. and we're—we'll we're cover that next episode. But uh, I, I think that I, I like the Keisha's pick. I mean, Doc would be the ideal pick. 
But I'm ashamed of Phil because I would pick, honestly, the New York Knicks coach, Tom Thibodeau. He has really, you know, you're talking about a bankrupt franchise that hasn't had any direction in years. And he came in and we were critical of the pick because, and I'm still critical of the pick simply because Julius Randle is a, a, is a star. He's not a superstar. The Knicks will only ever be but so good unless they can land a superstar. But he still did a tremendous job turning that team around and hopefully they can, you know, lower free agent uh, to come to uh, the New York Knickerbockers and take them to the championship. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening to another episode of Lady of Some Dudes. We will check you out on uh, later on for our next episode, but enjoyed having you and we will see you later. We out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Lady and Some Dudes. Please remember to follow us, like, share. We are on Facebook and Instagram. Our Facebook handle is at a lady and that is the and sign, some dudes. Our handle on Instagram is a lady and some dudes. Everything is spelled out. So that's a lady, A and D, some dudes. Until next time.